0: Our journey through this just a couple of weeks ago, and in earnest last week, as we came to John chapter one. Uh, one day I'm going to remember to turn this on when I start. So we're just going to continue our way through. Now there are notes to follow through this morning. The notes uh, is is really the full outline I've, I've got for you because I sometimes it's it's helpful for you to write things in to remember and and oh and sometimes I just want you to have the notes there so you're not worried about them and listen and uh, because there's some other things on and that's that's this morning as we come to the next part of the gospel of John let's begin we're going to read from verse 6 and through to verse 13 says there was a man sent from God whose name was John even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let's pray as we come to God's word this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we come as thankful people. as Many of us can say in truth and confidence we have received your Son and we can be called children of God. We thank you for that great blessing, and as we seek to understand more of it, more of what you do in us, we ask for your guidance and instruction today, in Jesus' name, amen. We began last week looking at the Gospel of John, those first five verses, those amazing first five verses of the Gospel of John, and John opens his Gospel with the eternal Jesus, the Word that was with God, the Word that was God, and saw how John takes us to eternity and to the Trinity, that Jesus is God and he is with God, the Father and the Spirit. And he opens up with these powerful truths that we rehearsed last week, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is Creator and that Jesus is Saviour. And so there's these magnificent, glorious, just transcendent truths that he opens up with in these first few verses. And having taken us to these heights and begun his gospel with inspiring words like, in the beginning was the word. Then we come to verse 6 and it says, and there was a man. And it's like we come crashing down from the heavens and abruptly into this this temporal, uh, very different sphere from where he began. We began in the heavens in eternity and now here we are on earth with, there was a man. John, in fact, masterfully crafts this. And as you look through chapter 1, you'll see how beautifully he will craft this balance between taking us from eternity down to, to humanity as he goes through it. And you're in, in John 1, we see, you know, begins verse 1 to 5 with these glorious truths, and then verse 6, whereat there was a man. And then verse 6, in the text we're looking at today, takes us and it leads us all the way through until we get to verse 14 which is another one of those great heights and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth another of the great heights and then from verse 14 you know this this one who is full of grace and truth we come to verse 15 again which is john was a witness of that light so we're brought back down and through chapter one we see this glorious mixture and we move from the eternal to the temporal and there's a reason and he does it so masterfully as he goes through to show us what it means for jesus to be the light and for jesus to be the life of the world weaves them together seamlessly and beautifully because the world is a dark place it's dark and it's directionless We can see things and we know what's going on, we make plans, but we don't really know where we're going or what's happening as a whole in in the world. We need someone to show the way. We need light. So the light that John talks about in his gospel at the beginning, we need that, we need to understand that, we need to have it be useful in our lives. And that's where John takes us here by revealing to us the work of John the Baptist. It begins in verse 6 of our text here, this section, with a rare man. This, uh, this man says in verse 6, there was a man sent from God. He is a, a rare man. There is no one like him. Jesus, in fact, describes this man as being entirely unique. Still human, and, and, oh, but a, a unique man and a rare man in the way of, of things of God. And as this rare man is, he is a strange man. This man that we're about to meet, understand, he is a strange witness. A strange witness. He is just a man. After all, we've noted the contrast between the first five verses and verse 6. That Jesus was before the beginning. He is God and he has always existed. John is just a man. And that's, that's all that that's is to identify to us here. We have glorious God, and then we have just a man. Rare and unusual, but just a man. He tells us in verse 8 that this man is not the light. Verse 1 to 5 tells us about the light. But this man is not the light. He is a witness to the light. A witness to the great light. It tells us in verse 6 that there was a man and that this man is sent from God. Sent from God. Sent means to have a special mission. He's been sent with a a specific purpose. There is a reason. It has that uh, connotation or the, the emphasis behind it of being commissioned as a representative, of having authority. So this man, John, is sent with authority. He has been commissioned with purpose, sent to carry out God's purpose. And although John is rare and he is an unusual man, and he has a very specific purpose that he he has here, in the broader sense of that, of what John is doing, we see the same is true for every believer afterwards. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 18 through through 20, we're told that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That is, we have been sent to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, it goes on in that very passage. First, it calls us ministers of reconciliation, and it says, because we are ambassadors for Christ, we are his representatives, we carry his authority in This world. So, this witness which comes, this strain which is just a man, he's sent by God, and we know him well as John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the first true prophet for about 400 years. People of Israel haven't seen a prophet from God or someone like this uh, since uh, the return from exile with prophets like Malachi. For 400 years, there has been silence from God in this regard. So John the Baptist is the first of these. Some of the last prophecies of the Old Testament are about this man. Malachi chapter 3, so right at the end of the, the Old Testament, we're left with words like this. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi 4 has more references to him as well. So some of the last prophecies of the Old Testament that were given are of this man who will come before Jesus. Malachi 4 tells us he's going to come like Elijah, spirit of Elijah. In Luke, Luke gives us the the birth. John, John doesn't give us any of the details about... Uh, well the apostle John doesn't give any details about John the Baptist's upbringing. He assumes we all know about him because of when he's he's writing and what's been been going on. But in Luke 1 we're told about his birth. An angel comes to, to Zachariah and, and Elizabeth who are both very old and announces to them in a miraculous way this couple who is beyond having children are going to have a child. And this child is going to be Forerunner. He is a, a miraculous birth. Later on in Luke chapter 1, as they're talking about what he will be and, and what this, this John the Baptist will do and, and how he will minister, the question comes in verse 66, what kind of man will he be? The answer to the question, what kind of man will he be, is weird. Just a little bit odd and we'll see some more of him as as John takes us through this but if you know much of John the baptist you know he's a he's just a little bit a little bit out there he reminds me of the guy i remember seeing as a kid uh, just a few times in the city of perth you know a little bit bedraggled he'd walk up and down like hay street and around there with the the boards on both of uh, them. Um, jesus saves the end is near you, does anybody remember him or you may maybe you don't and uh, just a, a little bit A little bit kind of out there. John was a bit out there. He was unusual. Matthew tells us that his clothes were camel's hair and and leather and he would eat uh, locusts and, and honey. But people from all over Israel would come out to hear him and to hear his message that he had to preach. He was a strange man, a strange witness, but he had a very specific purpose. He had a specific purpose in his life. Verse 7 says, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. This John the Baptist was a witness. He was sent as a witness. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, one of the prophecies that speaks of him says, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. John is a herald. He is the one who cries out, who proclaims. He is the one whose life points to Jesus. As we get past, you know, sort of verse 15 onwards, we see some very specific examples of how John the Baptist points people directly to Jesus. His job was to proclaim the light, to proclaim the light. He had a very important message he's a witness but with a very important message John was given a message to preach and his message was very specific and he preached this message over and over and over again and this is what he would talk about and this is what he would explain to people what was his message and why was it so important it's recorded in many places through the gospels Matthew 3 verse 2 records it like this repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand And over and over, when you hear John's message, it it revolves around that statement. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus would proclaim the very same message. Over and over, you'll see him say the same thing. Like John said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. John the Baptist was preparing hearts for the Savior. And he preached a hard message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven at hand, is a hard message, and it wasn't always well received. In that message, and as he expounded and as he told us what he meant by that, he was telling us that we're sinners, and that we need to recognize that we're sinners. That's what's bound up in that word repent, that there is something we must turn our backs on. It's a necessary part of the gospel. Repentance is is an is absolutely integral to what the gospel is about to repent we need to turn from our sins now john couldn't forgive sins in fact he tells us that on many occasions but he pointed to the one who could forgive sins you're the message jesus saves that's a good message but it's incomplete Because if we say, Jesus saves, we're left with a question, from what? And so many people fill the answer to that question with a thousand other things. Jesus saves from a purposeless life. Jesus saves from sorrow. Jesus saves from hopelessness. Jesus saves your marriage. Jesus saves your direction. The answer to that question, if it's not defined, can be a million things. John helps us be more specific. What does it mean that Jesus saves? We have to explain what we mean when we say that Jesus saves. John preached this very specific message with a very specific purpose. The same came for a witness in verse 7, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He had a specific message with a specific purpose. And the purpose is for people to believe Jesus. We could sum up this this verse in, in kind of two words. What was John preaching? Repent, faith. Those are the two essentials of the gospel. Repentance and faith. Repent and believe. John the Baptist wanted to lead people to Christ. Remember, we began at two weeks ago, we looked at John chapter 20 and verse 31, and John told us the purpose of his gospel. These are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So John's purpose is, I'm writing this so that you'll believe. And what is John the Baptist's pur- purpose? So that you will believe Jesus. From the very beginning, we're seeing the same purpose play out. John is preaching to turn from our sin and to turn to Jesus Christ. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. The way of eternal life is coming. Jesus is about to step onto the scene. So what's his message? that we are sinners, separated from God. And only by taking care of our sin, only by dealing with our sin truly and properly can we relate to God. John would tell us many times, he says, I baptize with water, and that's temporary. But Jesus is going to come, and he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit, and that's permanent. John was just here to point us to the eternal. To the perfect he was a rare man who was reflecting the light a rare man who was reflecting the light because he was sent as a reflection verse 8 says he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light he is not the light John wasn't the answer He was very popular and people came out to him and and many exalted John. There were followers of John even across the world that that Paul would run into later. So we know John. He was very, very popular and, and highly exalted. But even John tells us he is not the answer. See, Christianity isn't about great people. Christianity is about a great God. It doesn't matter what we look like as long as Jesus looks glorious Christianity is about a great God I am not the light I don't have all the answers I can't fix all the problems just like John said he couldn't he is not the light simply a reflection of the light John was sent to reflect the light And just as John was sent to reflect the light, that is, he is not the light, but he was to show the light, so you and I are meant to reflect the light. Our lives, though not with the same specific purpose as John, have the same grand purpose. That is, we are to reflect the light of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us much about this, how the world has been blinded and we're in darkness. But we have seen the light. The light has come in. We have been opened and our eyes can see the light. Therefore, we preach Christ, it tells us. Because our eyes have been opened to see the light, we preach Jesus the light. It's interesting that John starts his gospel with one sent by God. So we have John the Baptist here who is sent by God to reflect the light john ends his gospel with the words of jesus in john chapter 20 and verse 21 jesus says as the father has sent me so i send you so john begins his gospel with this purpose and he ends his gospel with this purpose jesus is the light and it is our job to reflect the light Esther, can you do that for me? You and I have been sent to reflect the light. And we have been given the power to reflect the light. Now I need to get these lights at the back to come on. There we go. We are in a dark world. The world is in darkness with sin. And yet we're told in the Gospel of John here that light has come into the world. as we sit in this dark auditorium we are in darkness but we know there's light we know there is light somewhere because we can see the effects of the light you can look down and if your eyes are still pretty reasonable you can probably read your bible or your notes with the light that's available you can look beside you and you can see shadows so you can see that there is the effects of light in this room light is in the room now because you're looking this way you don't see the source of the light you just know that there's light somewhere something is giving light now because i have been given the good grace to be able to turn around i can see where the light's coming from i can see the source of the light so my job then is to reflect that light to you. So that you can see where the light is coming from. What is this light that I see? If you look at me, I'll show you where the light's coming from. And when you see the light, you have an opportunity to turn to the light. Esther, can you turn those back on? John was sent as a reflection. And so you and I are sent as a reflection. And we are reflecting the source of light. We are reflecting the light that has come into this world. Verse 9. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Light has come into the world. It is our duty to reflect that light. He came into the world in love. The very fact that he came into this world at all is a show of his love. The light came into the world in love. It came in truth. He came to show us what life should be, what life is, what God is like. He is the genuine light. He is not a secondary light. He is not a reflection of the light. So Jesus is not like me that can reflect the light. Jesus is the light. Jesus is not a reflection of God. Jesus is God. He is the true Genuine light and he came into the world verse 9 tells us to reveal he came the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world by coming he enlightens us all he reveals God to us all just like when we turn the lights off in the room and the lights came on We all saw the light. When Jesus came into the world, he lit the whole world. He revealed God. Now we need to see the light, we need to understand who it is. We are reflecting the source of the light. So text continues, verse 9, of course, says that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That is, as the light came into the world, it lights to every man. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name." which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god so how are we to respond to the light what happens as the light comes into the world well we know clearly from what john tells us from from experience that some reject the light some will never look to see jesus Some will outright reject him. Even as we reflect the light, they will not see. They are blinded to the light. John had to point to the light. Jesus comes into the world. John is there to say, he's the one. He's the one. Even though he was right there fulfilling every promise that had been made. Your people seek answers from everywhere but God. Why is that? Why, why do we see the effects of God all over and we seek the answers to it somewhere because we are blinded to the true light, 2 Corinthians tells us. Now note that to be blinded to the light doesn't necessarily mean that we can't see the light at all because John has just told us light has come into the world and lights the world. Light has shone into the world blinded is about not seeing the source of the light think about it's it's distracting us from asking where the light comes from we live in a world where light is in the world God can be seen in this world but we distract ourselves from seeing it we distract ourselves from asking where does the light come from Why is there light? Why does it happen like this? And we explain away the effects of the light. Oh, we can see there's light in the world. But let me tell you why the light's here. Have you ever seen the light? No, I haven't seen the light, but I can tell you about the effects of the light. I'll tell you where the light came from, even though I've never seen the light. And so we'll explain away the effects. That is, we will explain away God in our universe without ever seeing, because we refuse to look. Anything and everything that keeps us from turning around is blinding us to the truth. So we reject the light. Perhaps, in one sense, more tragic than the world rejecting the light is what we're told in verse 11 is that his own rejected him that is Jesus came to the Jews and the Jews rejected Jesus his very people what makes that perhaps more tragic if you will it's all tragic and it's terrible but perhaps what makes that more heart-wrenching for us is because it's the Jews who had carried this message for their entire existence From the beginning of the nation, it had been about a savior is coming. Their whole story, their entire being is tied up in Jesus. And when Jesus got here, they rejected him. It shows us the depths of our depravity, the great wickedness of our heart, that even when we carry the truth for so long, we can still miss it. Distracted from seeing the light by their circumstances, they were in trouble and they wanted the king to come. They were distracted from seeing the light because of the law. They would rather follow their rules than look to the one who would free them from the rules. But while some reject, we see in verse 11, verse 12 and 13 tell us that some receive the light but to all who receive, or but as many as received. You know, we often focus, don't we, on the rejecters. We think, oh, how many people have rejected, or my family keeps rejecting, or my loved ones keep rejecting, and, and when we focus on that, we get discouraged, don't we? There's so many people I know that, that haven't yet received Jesus as Savior, and there's so many people that haven't seen the light, and I just wish they'd see the light, and then we get Discouraged. Because we focus on the rejectors, But you were a rejector once. There was a time when you were blinded to the light. And God did a miracle. Not through your lineage. That is, you weren't born into it, so not of blood. Not of the will of the flesh. Not because you desired it. Not because you worked for it. Not because you did it not because of your will not because that's what you wanted but god god did a miracle in your life and you saw the light here with john the baptist the apostle john begins connecting the idea of receive and believe and you will see this all the way through his gospel the idea of receive and believe come together because to believe Jesus is to receive him. To receive means to, to grasp, to take hold of. It means to make it your own. That's what it means to receive. But to those who receive, but to all who receive, that is they grab hold of it, they take it, and they make it their own. So, Like, like, like a gift. So last week after the service, our church was very generously given a vacuum cleaner so that we could use it as a, a gift for people using our, our, our building. Now, I didn't take that vacuum cleaner and go, that's fantastic, thank you very much for it, um, we appreciate the offer, and then send it back to them because it was a nice gesture on their behalf. Nope, I opened the box, I put it all together, I charged it up, and I plugged it in, plugged it in and charged it up, and I used it. So I received it. We took it in and we made it our own. And that is what John means here when he says to receive Jesus, to take him in and to make him your own. he is with you. And the result is to all who receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. Everyone who is brought to turn finds salvation. Everyone who turns to see the light finds the light, finds salvation. And once you see the true light, you can't turn away from the light. You are given the power, that means the right, the authority, to be called children of God. You receive Christ, you're given the power to become something you are not. When you receive Jesus as Savior, you are given the power to be a child of God. Something you cannot do on your own. Something you cannot find apart from Christ you are miraculously made part of God's family. I am here this morning to be a witness to the light. Jesus has come and he has come to save us from our sins. Like John, I must preach repentance from sins repentance and faith is the gospel i can't do anything about my sin only jesus can by believing in him you will become a child of god so how does that happen how does that happen one in repentance it is to recognize that you are a sinner On the most superficial level, that means to recognize that you do things that are wrong. That you do wrong things. But more importantly, more deeply, what it means is that you reject God. You have chosen yourself over God. I will rule my life. I will decide my way. I will do what I want, regardless of what some God thinks or not. I will be king and that's at the heart of why we do wrong and what we do wrong is is our complete pride and selfishness see that by asking Jesus to forgive you for that sin to forgive you for that rebellion he will forgive you and he will make you a child Christian the question comes to us We have received the light. We have turned and we have seen the source of the light and we have been drawn to it and we have received Christ. The question comes to us then, are we reflecting the light? Are we using our life as we have been sent to do? Sometimes our mirror, if you will, is going to be spotty, a little bit foggy, dull, perhaps we're not perfect and we're not going to reflect the light perfectly because we are not the light we simply reflect the light but even when our life is a little bit spotty a little bit dull the light can still be reflected We need to do due diligence and cleaning, preparing so that the light shines more clearly. But no matter what your life looks like, as a believer, as you are pursuing Christ, your duty, your calling, your ministry, reflect the light of Christ. We've been sent into this world as witnesses to the light And we've been empowered to be witnesses for the light. So reflect the light. It is our calling. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of John the Baptist. We eagerly look forward to the many lessons we will continue to learn from his life in the Gospel of John. And we pray that as we look to him and we see that he is indeed a great reflection of the light of Christ, that we too will learn that lesson so that our lives will be a clear and bright reflection of the true light. That the people around us will not see me, but will see a great God and will find salvation in his name that they too can receive Christ and be made children of God. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.